0: This is reporter Jillian Farmer, and today on New Project Media's Interconnections podcast, we have Curtis Ben-Wallingham, CEO of Hydrostore. Curtis has been CEO of Hydrostore since its inception and has led the company through technology development into commercial operations. Prior to Hydrostore, Curtis worked in Deloitte's corporate strategy consulting practice, where he advised and consulted for some of the top energy companies globally. He has also worked at nuclear generator Bruce Power. Uh, And so, Curtis, why don't we just jump right into the questions Um, to start off. Why don't you tell us about HydroStore? What kind of company is it and how long has it been around?
1: Sure. HydroStore is an energy storage uh, technology company as well as project developer. Uh, So we've uh, invented a new type of doing compressed air energy storage and we go out and develop projects. Bring in the financing and construct and operate the projects. And I'm the CEO and co founder. I started the business in 2010. So, about uh, just over 12 years old now.
0: Excellent. And uh, what is compressed air storage technology that HydroStore uses?
1: Yeah. So, you can think of it like a giant battery for the grid. Um, there's different ways of storing electricity. Uh, one is pumped hydro, where you pump water up a hill and store it. It has potential energy, and when you want power, you let the water come down and spin a turbine, or you have lithium-ion batteries um, that charge up and discharge. Compressed air is just another alternative, and what we do is we bring atmospheric air, we pressurize it, so think of bottled up in a balloon, Uh, and then when you need power, you open and let that air come out and spin a fan to reproduce power. Uh, And so it's just a different way of storing electricity and has certain advantages over pumped hydro or Uh, lithium ion batteries
0: Um, because it is under a reservoir. Correct.
1: Yeah. So what we do is we uh, we sink a shaft. So about an eight foot diameter shaft. We go down about 2000 feet and hollow out some rock Uh, and the rocks, maybe 30 feet high, 50 foot wide in these little tunnels. We flood it with water. And then as the air goes in, it lifts the water out up to the surface. Uh, and that has a bunch of advantages, and that's part of our intellectual property or our patent uh, as to why you would want to do it that way. Uh, and that water puts the back pressure to keep the air pressurized. Uh, and as you draw the air out, the water backfills into the cavern. And so it's a uh, like a big uh, hydraulic air pump, if you would.
0: That's very cool. Uh, and. You kind of touched on on this uh, just then, but what makes HydroStore's compressed air storage technology unique from similar technology used with existing salt caverns?
1: Yeah, so there's been uh, compressed air facilities built in the hundreds of megawatts in the United States and Germany that have been running for 50 years. So it's a very reliable and I guess proven uh, method of storing uh, energy. What we've done is we've brought two innovations to the table. Uh, One was when You compress air, it gets hot. They traditionally would just vent that heat. uh, And then when you expand air, you have to preheat it. They would burn a bit of natural gas. What we've done is we've found a way of storing the heat generated during compression and reusing it to preheat the air, eliminating the natural gas. So uh, get rid of any emissions and boost the round trip efficiency uh, from roughly 40% to about 65%. Uh, so that was our one innovation, storing and reusing the heat called an adiabatic process. Uh, and the second is instead of using salt caverns, which are very rare to find them where you need them, um, we've used this rock mining flooded with water technique, uh, which you can now build them anywhere there's bedrock. So orders of magnitude more sites. And that combination of innovations is really the foundation of hydrostore. So, a more efficient version of compressed air that can be built anywhere uh, is really what uh, what we bring to the table. And, and we think that unlocks compressed air to be really the third pillar of energy storage beside compressed uh, pumped hydro batteries uh, and compressed air.
0: Excellent. And uh, And so what kind of impact would this technology have on the battery and renewable energy industry right now?
1: So uh, energy storage is really needed for uh, renewable penetration to keep rising. If you only have 5% of your energy mix coming from intermittent renewables, you can just blend it in. But as it starts becoming the backbone, 40%, 50%, 70%, 80%, now when it's not windy and sunny, you really rely on energy storage. So um, by having more options for energy storage that are low cost and longer duration, you can add more renewables and renewables become the backbone of the grid. So that's what storage helps it do. Uh, By us, our components and services come from the oil and gas industry. So the scale of our supply chain is massive. We could build dozens of these in parallel, any continent, and they're huge, they back up entire cities. And so if you think about taking lithium ion batteries, which are effectively car batteries and stringing them together, Uh, There's a limit in terms of, you know, you're not going to put football fields upon football fields upon foot and you can't even get the battery supply because of the raw materials required. And so we're just a different alternative for really bulk storage. Uh, All we need is to dig a hole in the ground and use some oil and gas equipment that is already mass produced. So uh, it'll allow the uh, batteries to focus on uh, the EV market as well as niche applications where their rapid response is really valuable. So uh, I think having more solutions in the mix allows every solution to play uh, to their strengths, which will help decarbonize and accelerate the energy transition.
0: Excellent. And uh, you mentioned previously uh, in a previous interview with us that Hydrastore has a small compressed air facility and a pilot facility in Canada. Can you uh, tell us about those?
1: Sure, we built a one megawatt hour pilot facility uh, with Toronto Hydro in, in the city of Toronto. In 2015, we put that into service and we tested it for about five years, uh, and it's now been decommissioned. But that really proved out the underlying physics of our innovations. And then we got a commercial contract with the ISO for an eight megawatt hour facility, and uh, we financed that using project and bank financing. Uh, And brought that into service in 2019 and have been running it since. Uh, And that really provided us the proof point, uh, because when you combine it with the fact that there's big, multi-hundred megawatt existing compressed air facilities, and our innovation's proven at a smaller scale using all uh, conventional equipment, that's allowed us to bring project financing, bonding capacity, the ability to wrap our systems and ensure and guarantee the performance. Uh, so they were very important facilities for us, uh, much smaller than the projects we're developing today, uh, but served a very important um, role as we were bringing this technology to the market.
0: Which uh, ISO was the off taker there?
1: Uh, the Independent Electricity System Operator of Ontario. Uh, so uh, here in Ontario, Canada.
0: Excellent. Thank you. And HydraStore has its proposed Gem Energy Storage Center project in California right now. Uh, Can you tell us about this project? How big is it and where are we in its approval process?
1: Sure. So it's a 500 megawatt, eight hour project. So 4,000 megawatt hours every cycle. And uh, so that would be bigger than uh, any battery system uh, anywhere in the world. And um, we started developing it about three years ago, uh, and we are now uh, expecting to get to financial close towards the end of 2023. Uh, And so we are well along in the permitting process. We have the land, we've got the interconnection confirmed, um, and we've done a lot of the engineering work, uh, as well as uh, the financing and offtake sides have all advanced uh, quite nicely. So things are are teeing up to uh, drive to financial close next year. Uh, and then we would move into construction to uh, bring the facility online in roughly the 2026, 2027 time frame.
0: And where in California is that it located? It's located
1: in Kern County. Uh, so just outside of uh, kind of between uh, Los Angeles and Bakerfield, uh, kind of up there.
0: And how difficult will it be to get permits passed on this project uh, through the California Energy Commission?
1: Yeah, so it's uh, um, kind of a unique permitting pathway going through the California Energy Commission, uh, and I won't get into the details as to why we're covered under their mandate, uh, but it, it, is a, it has some benefits as well uh, to going through that process, but it's a very rigorous uh, and robust process. Um, you know, if, if you think of our solution, all we use is air, rock, and water, and we don't consume water, we actually produce water, um, so we're not contributing to any drought. Uh, and it's very compact. If you think of a pumped hydro facility, we only use about two or three percent of the land and water uh, and space. Uh, so it's a quite a compact air, rock, water, can be fully decommissioned after, no emissions, and it's helping to decarbonize and keep the lights on. Uh, so it has a lot of uh, support from a lot of NGOs and a lot of local stakeholders. It also drives a lot of local economic development because we're not buying something from a manufacturing and and shipping it there to just plop it on a pad. We're using local labor to construct the facility. It's more like a civil project. Uh, And so there's a lot of benefits to it. Uh, We have uh, had a lot of discussions with various permitting agencies and and permitted uh, our plants in Canada, as well as some in Australia. Uh, And consistently, uh, people need to get educated about our solution. Uh, But once they're educated, uh, it it tends to uh, go pretty smoothly through the permitting process. Uh, And based on all of our interactions with the CEC and other stakeholders uh, in California, we would expect the same for the JAM Energy Storage Project.
0: Excellent. Thank you. And uh, how long will the the remaining permitting process take, do you think?
1: Um, We would expect roughly the end of 2023. Uh, It's tough to uh, really... Prejudice, some, sometimes these things can can drag on a little bit, uh, but that's roughly the timeline. We'd expect to have uh, data adequacy confirmed uh, really any moment now. And there's you know a, a rough 12-month uh, clock with you, you put a little bit of buffer on that uh, towards the end of 2023. It'd be a, a loose target.
0: And you mentioned that the project um, produces some water as well. Can you talk a little more about that?
1: Sure. So um, when you compress atmospheric air, there's moisture in it. And when you increase the pressure, some of that moisture will fall out of the air. And because we compress so much air, uh, it actually produces water uh, more than the evaporation from uh, the water pond. So as our caverns filled with air, it moves the water to the surface. Some of that water will evaporate in the hot California sun. Uh, but we actually produce more during compressing the air. So it's in a in a pretty symbiotic balance uh, with a little bit of surplus water to irrigate uh, nearby.
0: Excellent, thank you. And on the topic of costs for a project like the uh, Gem Energy Storage Center, you mentioned before that it is anticipated to be around 1 billion US dollars. What needs to happen from a debt capital market perspective for it to be built?
1: Um, so, as I mentioned earlier, with our uh, with the existing compressed air facilities and our pilot systems and smaller scale facilities, uh, to which our last commercial one was debt finance, uh, we have the ability to project finance. Uh, we have the equity partners, as well as the debt partners uh, identified and, and quite a robust interest. There are things that can help with that, clearly, Um, whether that's the the DOE Loan Program Office, uh, who's been a fantastic group to work with, um, as well as the, uh, hopefully, uh, ITC that'll pass, uh, we hope to pass Congress um, in the not too distant future, uh, albeit that's been a bit of a a windy road uh, over the last couple of years. Um, And we're a Canadian-based technology company, and so we also get uh, support from Export Development Canada, which is kind of like the Canadian version of the Export-Import Bank uh, supporting us. So a lot of different um, creative financial instruments, including performance guarantee insurance and different things that we bring to bear uh, to help um, finance those initial projects.
0: And are there, uh, you, you kind of touched on this, but are there any tax credits available in the U.S. Uh, reconciliation bill that might help that you're looking at right now?
1: Yeah, the big one is this investment tax credit. Uh, so uh, for uh, you know batteries tied with solar, they get the benefit of this investment tax credit, which um, kind of gives you credit up front for all the taxes your project will be paying over time. Uh, wind and solar have a very similar uh, but what's been carved out historically has been standalone storage, just being a storage facility by itself, has never been eligible, which is uh, a little strange given storage's key role in helping to accelerate the energy transition. Uh, so I think it has uh, broad bipartisan support, uh, but as as we all know, uh, Washington is is an interesting uh, place sometimes, uh, and they're just trying to figure out what's the right bill to put it in, and is it going through reconciliation or is it going to end up uh, coming through in some other uh, form, but uh, we are hopeful that it does come through. Uh, and you know, all of these devils that are in the details, there's some things like whether it's got direct pay or not, is there local contents or not? So we're watching some of those uh, dynamics, but I think the, the, the key part is just to get something passed. Uh, and obviously we have certain preferences of the details therein, uh, but, but the key is just pass it to treat and put standalone storage on the same footing. Uh, as other uh, clean energy solutions.
0: And uh, has the the bank market supported projects like this before?
1: Um, Yes. Um, So uh, both our facility in in Canada has been bank supported, um, as have other, um, you know, I would say newer storage technologies that come to market. Uh, But we've engaged quite heavily with the various banks uh, and there is uh, a strong appetite because it's a really a proven asset class uh, that has the guarantee insurance and the EPC companies uh, willing to stand behind. So there is robust uh, bank appetite for projects like this.
0: And um, back to the gem energy storage uh, project, um, when do you expect to uh, either get or announce an off taker for the project and what kind of businesses typically would be an off taker for a project like this?
1: Yeah. So in California um, there is um, know, more than, more than 50 different load serving entities. Those can be community choice aggregators. They could be the IOUs. Um, there's even some uh, other aggregators and, you um, Large commercial customers uh, down there. So that would be the suite of the typical off takers uh, that you would see. Um, And we are in uh, very advanced discussions with a number of them. And I would expect that we would be announcing something, uh, you know, in the next quarter or so.
0: And uh, you mentioned that Hydrastore has another proposed project, um, but in Australia, can you talk about that one and how far along that project is?
1: Sure. So that's our Silver City project. Uh, It's in a town of Broken Hill uh, and it's recently been selected by TransGrid, the transmission system operator there for reliability services. So we have a capacity contract to uh, replace aging diesel generators that are providing backup to this kind of, it's almost like a microgrid. Uh, And then the balance uh, serves the the grid by low, sell high and provide other energy services to the grid. Uh, And so that project is, uh, roughly on the same uh, time schedule as um, the gem energy center we expect the financial close next year uh, it should be in service uh, about a year or two earlier because it's a bit smaller uh, and part of the cavern is already in place there it was uh, the site we're using is an old mine site that already had a shaft down to the depth and some of the void space. Uh, So that speeds up construction and it's a 200 megawatt, eight hour. uh, So about half the size, uh, which is why it gets constructed a bit quicker.
0: Thank you. And um, my last question to you is uh, what are HydroStore's vertical and geographic expansion plans?
1: Yeah, so right now we're a developer as well as the technology provider. Um, We don't manufacture, we don't plan to go upstream into manufacturing, uh, but we do develop own and operate facilities uh, in partnership with others. So that's kind of our business model. Um, And in terms of geographic expansion, uh, you know, long duration, uh, which we really classify as eight hours and longer, it's not properly uh, reflective in a lot of markets around the world. And sometimes that's because they don't have the renewable penetration to need it yet. Others, it's just legacy rules or uh, the oil and gas Uh, companies trying to keep preferential access. So they try to uh, resist rule changes that would allow storage to come into the market. And so you got to be pretty selective of where you go to make sure that your projects have a viable chance of getting the right revenue contracts. Uh, That said, uh, North America, Canada, certain pro- uh, provinces within Canada, as well as the United States, most of the RTOs, albeit not all of them, uh, are looking quite attractive for us. Australia is very attractive. The United Kingdom and Ireland uh, are quite attractive, and Western Europe, uh, with with other markets like India, is quite an uh, an exciting market. Japan, um, and so we're we're looking there, uh, but at the same time we're a A smaller company, we announced a pretty large financing with Goldman Sachs and and Canadian Pension Plan earlier this year. So we are spreading our wings a bit, Uh, but we're not a a global empire by any means. It can be everywhere uh, at all times. Uh, So we are trying to uh, focus on the markets that have the lowest hanging fruit in terms of uh, requirements and, and value that they pay for energy storage.
0: And uh, those announcements with Goldman Sachs and uh, and the other one that you mentioned as well, can you talk about those briefly and uh, how much uh, money that was able to bring into HydraStore? Yeah.
1: So we announced uh, in January that we had raised 250 million from Goldman Sachs and uh, CPP, uh, the Canadian pension plan. Uh, and that really goes to um, advancing our development team. Uh, and so we would be looking to establish dozen, a dozen or two dozen more projects like GEM and Silver City uh, and in those core markets that I talked about, uh, as well as uh, covering our, our team's costs uh, and, and continuing to innovate on the technology. Uh, and we'll be putting a bit of money into GEM and Silver City alongside other equity partners. Uh, so it's a little mix of corporate uh, kind of uh, g uh, growth capital on the development team, as well as project level investments into jam and silver city.
0: Excellent. Thank you. And those are all of my questions. Is there anything that you would like to add about anything we've discussed or add to our listeners? No,
1: I just think it's, um, it's an exciting time in the energy transition. Um, it's, um, you know, we think compressed air is having another alternative, uh, will really help, uh, Get the most out of low-cost wind and solar, uh, and we're trying to do our part to uh, move that forward. Uh, it's exciting, uh, exciting time in the transition, indeed. But uh, causes some disruption. I know there's a lot of inflation in in energy prices and different things. Um, but we do think this energy transition will will result in helping to save the climate and keep power prices uh, low. Uh, and so that's what uh, the mission that we're on, along with a lot of other uh, very very smart companies out there.
0: Thank you. And thank you again for uh, joining me here for the podcast. And thank you for listening um, to NPM's Interconnections podcast series.